Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. So let's get going. Um, you know, we, uh, we quickly had to go into the sky this weekend. We did a funeral on that side, which was a... Um, that was interesting lockdown <laughs> situation, uh, but it was amazing. We saw a bunch of people get born again and um, people got healed. So that was awesome. But uh, Friday night, we were, uh, we were just sitting around the table uh, in, on our base and just, you know, um, just spending time together with some of the gentlemen from the village and from our local team. And uh, I just started sharing a couple of miracle stories and, um, just stories that's happened in the past where we really saw God move and did incredible things. And uh, some of you were present at some of those meetings, some, some of you weren't. And, um, and, and as I spoke, what I, what I was trying to communicate to the guys is, man, there's something about, you know, when God moves in a way and that awe and wonder steps into a room. You know, when, when God does a, a miracle, when he, when he does something that, that everybody knows, it. Is firstly, it's a clear-cut miracle. Uh, it's not possible that anybody can do that except God. You know, medically, it's impossible. You know, in the natural, there's no ways that that can happen. And then God comes and He does that thing, and that that wonder that steps into a room. You know, and and I feel feeling this season, even when we speak about the angelic, because that partnership with them is going to release a greater level of miracle signs and wonders in your life and in our lives. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna release something about that, but it's so important that we that we strive to see that the, the awe and the wonder uh, will be restored, and we need to live our lives in such a way that He can move through us, so that He can do that. You know that, that the awe and wonder will be released in a, in a wonderful uh, new way. So I just want to leave that idea with you. And anyway, as we start tonight, um, like I said last week, we 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 did quite a bit and. A lot of scripture, and I think we ended with, um, you know, just the angelic's relationship to, to God and to man and what that looks like a little bit. So tonight I want to start with spiritual warfare. I don't, I don't know how far we're going to get with everything I want to do, but, but anyway, we'll, we'll see. But, but when we speak about spiritual warfare, you know, um, I like simplicity, so, so I need simplicity. Otherwise, it, it gets, I, I don't think it's supposed to be complicated. And, you know, so what I'm trying to do tonight is just kind of showing you that, that you know, the X-Files, remember that story? Uh, you're not alone. Well, you really aren't. You're not alone. <laughs> there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of help. Uh, there's a lot of uh, assistance from heaven. And, uh, and, and it's just encouraging to know that you have help, that you, that you actually have a legal right for heavenly assistance uh, in your journey with the Lord. So when I speak about spiritual warfare, I want you to kind of just see that, you know, so often uh, we're, like, uh, we're like Elijah, you know, we want to quit. We feel alone. There's no one left. It's just us. And then God says, well, you know what? There's this remnant of 7,000. You're not aware of them, but, but they, they exist. You know, and it's the same, it's the same with, with this kind of like sometimes we feel like you're in a seasonal situation and there's just no one around in that season for whatever reason. But knowing that, that there's angelic assistance really does something to your heart and to your spirit to know that these incredible beings are really there to help us in this fight that we have. 
of course, it, with the name of Jesus, Jesus fighting for us, the Holy Spirit fighting for us, all of these things happening. But to me, it's very encouraging to know that I have, I have help, you know, from another realm that, that, that's there to assist and support uh, the battles that we fight. And that's kind of what I want you guys to hear tonight is just the fact that we have assistance. Uh, you're not alone in this fight. But also keep in mind with all of this stuff, uh, when it comes to spiritual warfare, that, that even in spiritual warfare, to, to God, it's still about the journey and it's still about relationship, right? And if we can kind of keep that perspective tonight, that, that even in, in the battle, it's about, a, it's about a relationship with God. You understand? He's still pursuing your heart. He's still pursuing a, a closer walk where, where he can actually say, well, but I, you know, I, I really know you and I got to know you better. And I've been challenged a lot just you know, with, with my perspective or perception of circumstances and situations. And I kind of want to help you a little bit tonight, even with that, but it's, it's a personal journey as well. And Because I think often when we hit resistance in, in life or in the spirit, we, we often tend to start asking the wrong questions. You know? And if we can keep in mind that, that even the resistance or the battle or the, uh, you know, the, um, uh, what's the word, persecution that you're going through, that even that forms part of an opportunity to get close closer to God, to get to know a side of him that you could probably never get to know unless it was for this specific situation that's kicking in, into your life. You know, and if we can learn to, to navigate situations in that way, it's really going to give us perspective. And, and I think that's the only way we can be victorious, uh, you know, in these moments is, is when we keep perspective that despite whatever is going on, God is looking, he's desiring a relationship uh, with us. And even in the war, he, he wants to get closer to us and he wants us to get closer to him. And if that switch can come, man, if we can start asking good questions, that will really help. You know, like questions like what, what can I learn from this situation? <laughs> you know, what is God trying to, to show me about who he is in this situation? Uh, you know, what, what, is, what is the truth that I need in this season of my life? What is the real truth? Because I might be holding on to a truth, but it's not the truth. You know, and God is going to use this to, to get me on a path where I actually am more enlightened. I, I've grown in revelation about who Jesus is, about how he feels about me. And that's just going to be awesome. You know, it's going to be a great, great experience for all of us. So I want you to keep that in mind as we, as we go on this journey tonight, a little bit about spiritual warfare. Now, if you know me at all, you know, I'm not a demon guy. I'm not, you know, it's, not, it's never been my... Uh, my, my forte or speciality or whatever. I'm not, I'm not really interested. I, I just keep on believing if I get, um, you know, soaked in, in the Lord more and just, you know, if I carry his presence better, the demons are not going to feel that comfortable around me in any way. So my focus has never been them. My focus is, is it's him. Uh, and it's to really engage him and to step into what he's trying to do in every season. So as I speak about this, I, I more want to focus on just the, the structure of the angelic around spiritual warfare and the partnership that we get from heaven. So Psalm 91 verse 11 is a famous verse that we all love, and especially when it comes to the angelic. And, you know, and, and with Corona, I saw Psalm 91 11 was flying around everywhere you know, at the beginning of the virus. But it's the famous verse that says, For he will command his angels in regard to you, to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. Isn't that incredible? So he will command these angels in regard to you to do what? Protect, defend, 
and guard you in all your ways, in your steps of obedience uh, and service to the Lord. That's just an incredible idea to think that, that he is already commissioned the angelic around your life, like we said last week, to protect, defend, and guard you. So a big part of what they do is actually spiritual warfare on our behalf or in partnership with us because it's a co-laboring, it's a relationship where we work together. So God commands his angels to keep us. That word keep means to guard, observe, watch, treasure up, um, uh, and to be one's guard. Isn't that amazing? So that's a phenomenal idea that there's actually angels literally guarding over you, watching over you, um, on behalf of the Lord, because he's given them a command around your life. So spiritual warfare is never a you against them idea. It's a us against them concept. You know, it's, uh, it's Elijah, um, Elisha with his um, servant, you know, that couldn't see the angels. And he said, but, but, you know, we're in trouble. Look at the mountain, look at the hillside. And, and Elisha just went, you know, the guy who's with us is much more than, than that's out there. You know, and the servant was like, what, what are you talking about? And he prayed that simple prayer. It's uh, what, 2 Kings 6, uh, verse 17, I think, where he says, just, just, Lord, just open his eyes that he can see. And the next minute, God opens his eyes and the chariots are, are, are you know, on the mountains all around, the chariots of fire, which is angelic beings and angels. And they're all around the mountainside. And suddenly, suddenly this guy realizes, you know, <laughs> you know, those who are with me is truly more than those who are against me. And it's, uh, so, so just know that that is really true. It really is true that God is supporting you in your battle. God is supporting you in the warfare that you're going through. Remember Hebrews 1 verse 14. I want to drive that in again. It says, are not all the angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, accompany, protect those who will inherit salvation? And in Amplified, it says, of course they are. You know, it's like, yeah, obviously, man. So they are, they are there to serve and minister unto you. That means they, they execute the commands of God around your life. Isn't that phenomenal? They, there's actually words given by the Lord. And as you minister in the kingdom and as you walk in obedience, the, the angelic realm comes in and they guide and protect. They fight battles around you that you're not even aware of because you're responding to God's call. That's key. So it's obedience. It's walking in the promise. And as, as I do that, as, as I walk in the destiny or the design that goes my life and the angelic is constantly being activated, because he's giving them command over your life, but also the fact that you're walking in obedience actually act well, and they go, okay, what is he with the, the, the plan? He's busy with the purpose that God gave him, so we're going to partner with that in this season. And suddenly the angelic starts moving around your life in a way that you never thought possible, but they actually watch with you. They guard and they, they, they do the work of the Lord over your life. Um, remember that verse we worked on last week, and this one is important as well. It's Psalm 103, verse 20 to 21, uh, where it says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments, obeying the voice of his word. Isn't that awesome? Lord, all you his hosts, that's the angels again, you serve him as well. Isn't that an idea again? Like they, they obey the command of the Lord. They respond to the commissioning of God, the angels. So whatever God releases in heaven, that activates something in the realm of the angelic. By the way, that's why prophecy is important. Okay, That's why the prophetic matters because when you, when you hear from the Lord, it's the same thing. So you're echoing on earth what's being released out of the throne room. And as you echo on earth what he's saying, that's the next level of activation 
when it comes to the angelic, right? So we, we echo through the prophetic what is being said in heaven. And, and that agreement, so we give our amen, we give our yes to that word in heaven. And as we do that, that even introduces the angelic more into our life. It's like you create an atmosphere by the word of the Lord for the angelic to start moving, right? So that's why the prophetic is super important. It's super important to hear from the Lord, a fresh Lord, a word from the Lord uh, in a season so that you can move forward in what he has for you, right? So remember, it's the word of the Lord that activates them. It's the command of the Lord. And if we can hear that, then we're echoing that. And that creates a canopy or an atmosphere for angelic activity to start moving like never before. But even if you don't do that, we're still responding to the word of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? We're still going to respond to that. So that, that reality is there. So they are mighty, right? Um, they, are, they are awesome and they serve him. They serve to do the will um, of the Lord. And, you know, just I want you to kind of get this picture real quick. Because it's interesting, the more, um, personally for me, the more I read scripture, but also the more I dig into the angelic and start seeing the structure and start understanding the, the angelic system a little bit better, it's interesting, but it gives me a much better picture of who the enemy is, right? I, I, because, like I said last week, Lucifer was, is a cherubim who fell, you know? So, so just by kind of seeing the order in the angelic, you're going to see a lot about how the demonic functions as well and fallen angels, etc. But it's interesting because the more you look at it, you realize that the system is completely rigged in our favor. It's phenomenal. You know, it's, it's like the weirdest. And I'm not saying they don't know what they're doing. The, the demonic, you know, they know what they're doing. They're, they're good at their job. Don't get me wrong. And there's powerful forces out there. Not to be feared, but the reality is it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's a formidable <laughs> It's a formidable opponent on one level. But on the other level, if you compare them to God, they really are just not even on the same playing field. They're not even on the same, you know, it's not the same league. It's not, it's not close to each other. The system is really rigged, 100% completely rigged in our favor, you know. And the more you start looking at it, you actually see that, that there's, it's just an interesting setup how God did this thing. And you understand the might and the power of God once again. And if we can actually learn to rest in the knowledge of who he is, man, I'm telling you, spiritual warfare is going to look a whole lot different. It's going to be out of rest. It's going to be much less um, striving from our sides because we're actually going to start resting in the identity and the character and the power and the nature of God. And then you're going to start seeing, but man, this thing is... It's an interesting thing that's taking place here. And life is about one thing. And, and all these battles, it's about one thing, is that Jesus can get his glory and he's going to get it. He's absolutely going to get it. doesn't matter what you go through, God's going to be glorified if we can just rest in that fact that he's going to be who he's going to be in that season and we can step into it. You know, we all know the famous Isaiah 54, verse 16 and 17. Um, it says, listen carefully. I have created the smith who blows on the fire of coals and who produces a weapon for its purpose. And I have created this destroyer to inflict ruin. No weapon that is formed against you will succeed. And every is against you in judgment, you will. This peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over op opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. 
It's not a phenomenal scripture, right? It begins kind of with this idea, listen, that the, the smith and the destroyer, first of all, I created them. And you go, oh, well, that, that, that's kind of, you know, it doesn't feel encouraging because you keep going, God is good, so why did you make bad things? He didn't make bad things. Good things chose to be bad, right? <laughs> so there's a big difference. Uh, the angels chose, the ones that fell with Lucifer chose a certain path. He didn't make bad things. He made good things. But the point is that even those things he made, so he's like, hey, I know exactly what we're capable of. I know who they are, and I want to remind you of something. No weapon that is formed against you is going to prosper. That's phenomenal. He's like, hey, I know all of them. I know Lucifer. I know his, his partners. I know the dragons. I know all of that stuff that you read about in Revelation and Leviathan. And, you know, guys, I know them. I just want to tell you something. I made them. And this is it. No weapon that is formed against you is going to prosper, right? You should have peace about this. You have victory about this. This is your heritage, guys. Isn't that a phenomenal idea? God just kind of speaks into that. and He's kind of trying to say, I'm not surprised by any of this. I know exactly what's going on. And it's interesting because we are weapons as well. Angels are weapons in the hand of the Lord as well. And the fallen realm is a weapon in God's hand as well. And you go, what do I mean? You have to understand that they are pawns in the hand of the Lord, right? Lucifer is he, he's doing his thing, but you understand that God is actually using him right now as it is, and he's going to get glory out of the situation, right? He's going to be glorified. I want to show you this, this picture real quick. Uh, it's in Exodus chapter 9, and I want to read it quickly and relax. I'll, I'll expand on this thing in a minute. But it's, it's this picture of Moses and, and Pharaoh and the people of Israel. We, we know the whole story. But as I read it, I want you to see, because Pharaoh has always been a picture of the enemy of, of the devil, right? That was the whole story. It was this picture of our salvation journey uh, where Moses is a picture of Jesus. Pharaoh is a picture of Satan. You know, this whole story that's taking place. So for a minute, I want you to just put on spiritual lenses completely as I read these verses to you. Just quickly listen and, and read it out of that place. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go so that they may serve me. That's still the story today, right? That's still the cry in God's heart. It's like, let them go. That's why Jesus can, that my people can serve me, that they can worship me, that they can be free to live out their devotion to me and live the lives that I have intended for them. They can live that, right? And um, then he goes on and he says, for this time I will send all my plagues on you in full force. Again, I want you to see it spiritually. See how God is saying to the enemies against your life, listen, um, you have no idea what I can unleash on you. You have no idea who you're messing with because you're touching my people, right? You shouldn't have done that. I'm going to unleash everything that I have on you, and I don't even have to. It's just going to be bad. It's going to be a real bad situation for you and on your servants and on your people so that you may know without any doubt. <laughs> I want you to listen to this part. Listen to the purpose, right? so that you may know without any doubt and acknowledge that there is no one like me in all the earth. I want you to see every battle that you face, everything that comes up. It's like God is sitting there and he's going, listen, I know this feels hard, but whatever is coming, I am going to make myself known throughout the whole world with this situation. 
That's the beauty of the God that we serve. And he goes on and he says this to him again, stay in a spiritual frame. He says, for by now, I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with a pestilence and you would then have been cut off, obliterated from the earth. But indeed, for this very reason, I have allowed you to live in order to show you my power and in order that my name may be, procla may be proclaimed throughout all the earth. Isn't that a phenomenal piece of scripture if you think about warfare? Right? How God comes and he's like, Pharaoh, want you to hear, listen, Satan, I can do this and you're gone. I can do that. Right? The only reason you're alive is because I've decided you're still alive. <laughs> and in the meanwhile, you can throw the worst at, at mankind, but my people will survive. My people have eternal life already. You can't threaten a dead man, right? You can't, you can't threaten a, a Christian with death if, you, if you're eternally alive already. That should be our mindset. And he keeps going and he says, I am going to show my power to the earth. I'm going to reveal it to the earth, right? If we can step into that, because then suddenly calamity looks like opportunity, right? Suddenly uh, persecution seems like an opportunity for God's glory to break through. And our mind shift, uh, our mindset starts shifting into a direction of victory because we are more than victorious, right? Romans 8, 37 and 38. We are more than victorious. We are more than conquerors. Nothing can separate us from that place. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Right, and and there is a victory in every battle that is set up, and if we can just start trusting God, that the things that, that that's happening in terms of resistance, that He has opened the door for us, right? There's going to be victory, and sometimes victory, like I said, victory is an interesting concept in the kingdom, you know, because you read Hebrews chapter eleven. Sorry, guys, I just want to. Hebrews chapter 11 is, um, you know, the, the heroes of faith. It's such an interesting um, scripture because you see all these stories of how, you know, Noah, Abraham did that and Moses did this, and it goes on and on. And, and then it comes to the end and it's always to me one of the biggest contrasts. But again, you, you find something about God in, in those verses. At one point the writer writes and he says, and these women... Um, they lost their babies, their, their children at birth or shortly after they died. And they prayed for them and they were raised. You think, wow, dead raising. Come on, that is awesome, right? So that's the victory. So, so you went through the loss, but God raises the baby up from the dead. And I'm thinking, man, that is so awesome. Yay, that's exciting. And then the next verse, it says, and these women... They were killed for their faith, but yet they never denied the Lord. You see, they weren't raised from the dead. They weren't miraculously saved from that situation. But the testimony that brought glory to the Lord in that was, hey, they never denied me, not once, even when their lives was at stake. And again, God got glory from that situation as well, just like he gets glory from the dead raising. Just like he gets glory from when we can actually keep our, you know, keep our, our positive attitude and our hope is alive and our love is alive when, when we don't feel like it, when, when we don't get hopeless when everybody around us is hopeless, when we, when we don't get angry when we're supposed to be angry, right? When we actually step into a place of, 
of a victorious life over our emotions, over our circumstances. That's also spiritual warfare. That's also bringing glory to the Lord. I mean, I don't know. I, I still remember I was preaching at a um, um, sorry, guys. <coughs> All right. Um, we th there was a um, he's now a friend. I didn't know him back then, but his son fell from a, a cliff in Cape Town a couple of years back. He was a missionary. And I happened to be in Cape Town with, uh, or in Stanabosch at that point in time, happened to be in Cape Town with David Hogan and his team. Um, and uh, we were at a friend of mine's house, in uh, Etienne's house in, in Stanabosch. We were doing a conference there. So they, they heard that we, we, were, we were in Stanabosch. His son died. very kind of connected to Iris Ministries and Heidi Baker. And then, so Heidi Baker gets on the phone. She finds David and she says, listen, please, can you, um, can you guys go and try and raise him from the dead? So uh, the next morning we got up early. We went to Cape Town to a morgue somewhere. Don't know where exactly. And uh, we prayed for the guy for, for as long as they allowed us. And I mean, listen, the power of God showed up. It was phenomenal. The one nurse kind of just started sitting on a chair and started weeping. The presence of the Lord was so thick in that place. It was phenomenal. And yet the guy didn't come back. Byron is his name. He didn't come back. And... Um, we were all obviously disappointed, but, but you kind of, you know, we, we all knew we gave it our best. We did, we did what we could, and, and we felt, well, that's, that's it. So we walked out, and, and, and that was maybe the first day or something. And then on the Sunday morning, his parents arrived from Cape Town to get everything ready for the funeral. And I'll get it. They were in uh, Jaycee's church, actually, the end of the word. We, uh, it was the Sunday morning service with David. They came in, kind of stood next to us. Now, I mean, their son just died, one-year-old son, and, um, and I'm looking to people, and they are lost in worship, lost in praise. And I was looking, and I'm thinking, to me, that was probably one of the biggest testimonies of that month of ministry, was to see these two people that just went through the worst kind of loss, and you see them standing there, sold out in worship unto the Lord. And I'm thinking, man, that's phenomenal. And you realize God got God still got glory out of that. Isn't that amazing? He can get glory out of any situation if we just say, God, we're going to see this as spiritual warfare. We understand it's a battle, but we're going to give ourselves to you, even in this, and, and you will be glorified. Because God is still saying to Satan, dude, I can crush you in a minute. I'm just not doing it because I actually have a plan with you. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm using you, and I'm going to get glory out of all of this stuff. Listen, guys, if we can shift into that kind of an atmosphere, that's really going to help. That's really going to change things. Uh, and that's going to bring life in every season and every situation. So I really want to encourage you guys to keep that in mind when it comes to spiritual warfare, that there's an opportunity to, 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 um, to lift his name and to play scene before. There's an opportunity to break out. It doesn't matter what we face, all right? And then the, the last thing, we all know the famous verse, Ephesians 6. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? We all know that it's a spiritual war that we're facing. And therefore, you have to understand who's fighting with you, the, 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 the activation of the angelic, all of those things. It's so important, even with all the race, uh, you know, the racism stuff going on right now. And man, it, it's, it's just a spiritual. It's never been about, right? People make it about color. They've talked, they said it is about color. It's not about color. It's, it's, it's divisive. It's demonic. It wants to 
rip nations apart. He wants to rip people apart. It's the most demonic thing that it is. And it's spiritual warfare that's going to break it. That's where reconciliation is going to come, you know. And, and all of these things, the, the battles we're facing, it's a spiritual fight. And we need to wake up and realize that this is what's going on, whether it's race, whether it's corona, whether it's your battle at work, whether it's your situation in your marriage, doesn't really matter. Going on around our lives. And we need to wake up to that reality and realize that when we wake up, we start saying what God is saying, the angelic is going to come into that situation and that should encourage us, right? But also, if you look at that verse, what does it say in verse 12? It says, struggle is not against flesh and blood, opponents but against the rulers right I, you need to listen to this paul is actually giving you a glimpse into the realm of the spirit of how organized they are right against the rulers against the powers against the world forces of the present darkness and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural places it says principalities powers thrones dominions and other translations right he's actually giving you a ranking system of the angelic and the demonic, right? We're going to expand on that a little bit. But these are actually creatures that he's mentioning. We kind of think it's just a different word for power. No, it's not. These are beings that he's describing, and he's saying, listen, your, your fight, it's against powers, right? That's actually spiritual beings. It's against world forces or principalities, against spiritual forces of wickedness, um, and I'm going to give you more scriptures, but you're going to see that it's principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, right? These are actually things that exist in that place. And, um, and it's, it's an order of things that you're fighting and you're not even aware of it. The good news is on your side, there's also a rank of things that's fighting with you. You're not even aware of them most of the time. Most of us, me, me included, right? We're not even aware of it, but there's these beings that's fighting. And Paul is actually showing you, hey, the demonic is pretty organized, right? We, we think it's all just chaos and stuff. Yeah, kind of, but not really. They're really, right? Because they're busy with the war. They're not just playing around and fiddling around, being flippant about things. They actually have a plan. They have a strategy against your life, right? There's a demonic strategy. There's a kingdom of darkness package. Just as much as God has one for you, they have one as well. Right? And they want to see you fail. They want to see you stumble. That's why it says, listen, put on the full armor of God. The previous verses, make sure you're walking in obedience. Make sure you're walking in what you to be. Because that's, that is obedience, right? That is such an obedience is what protects you, right? When I'm walking in obedience, I'm safe. When I'm stepping out of it, that's when the danger really comes off. And obviously, there's exceptions to every rule, right? But that's the principle is that obedience keeps me in that place where the protection and the mercy of God actually rests around my life. And then verse 13, it goes on. It says, therefore, put on the complete armor of God. So again, it goes, put on the armor, put on the armor. I'm not going to go into that tonight. So that you will be able to resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable victorious so he says over and over whatever you do stand just just stand don't move don't back down keep your position hold hold the line that's basically what he's saying to you hold the line of your the posture of your heart what is that line supposed to be worship praise the things of god 
Think about things that are lovely. Think, think about things that are beautiful. It's to set my attention on the Lord, right? It's not to, to act as if nothing is happening around me. That's not the point. But it's to keep the focus on the one that's going to help me through it. It doesn't help to, to get distracted in spiritual warfare and start looking at the demon and, and getting the names of every demon and everything. I don't have a problem with the names of the demon. Obviously, we know some of them, and that's great. But, but I have a problem if you know more demons than you know angels. I have a problem with that because I think your focus is on the wrong side, right? You, you, you have an angelic host that wants to help you, but you can name every demon and every evil spirit, but you can't name the name of an angel except Michael and Gabriel, you know? That means our focus is not right. Something is not right about that picture. And I'm not saying know both if you need to, but we should be more on the side of light, right? We should be more dwelling in the side of light. It's like people can usually tell you which principalities are over an area, demonic, but they cannot tell you which angelic principalities over the area. If there is a demonic, there is an angelic, right? Because they copied us, not the other way around. So there's angels over regions, over cities, over nations. And I'm going to show that scripture now. You need to wake up and start engaging the angelic, start engaged by and stand in that position. What's the position? My heart is turned towards the Lord. I set my, set my mind on the things which are above, Colossians 3 verse 1, right? Why? Because I'm waiting for heaven to respond so that I can get his words in my mouth and that will release the angelic in that season and in that battle that I'm in, right? So it's super important that we shift away just from darkness and we step into the light, but do realize that there is a battle and there are these powers fighting over your life and over your city and over your region or whatever it is that you're warring for. There's powers over South Africa, right? There's powers over Africa. So there's order and there's a rank. And these things are disciplined, they are structured, right? So just know that, that it's not loose and it's just whatever. It's not like that. It's pretty organized, but so is the angelic and so much more, of course. So much more is the side of light, organized, structured, in position, know what they need to do, right? So, um, and the main thing about warfare, over and over, we've seen this in the villages or wherever we travel, whatever we want, is, is you have to be able to stand on that mountain like Moses in Exodus 70 and keep up. And that's what you need to do. What I mean with arms raised up, that's worship, that's intercession, that's praise to the Lord, it's prayer, it's, it's just adoration of the Lord. And I stay in that position, doesn't matter what the enemy throws at me. And boy, I know it's hard. Right, so I'm not sitting here telling you that's easy. It's not always easy, man. It sucks sometimes, right? When you lose somebody to death, or where there's a serious sickness or stuff in the family, or just you know, hell feels like it's unleashed against your life. It's it's not it's not pleasant, <laughs> you know. It's 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 not fun. The the the, the attack is not fun. The the, the accusation, um, it's not fun. It's horrible, and I'm and I mean that because I know, and I'm sorry if you you're going through it or you've been through it. It, it really sucks. But in the midst of it, know that God will be glorified out of this thing if I can keep my hands raised up, right? If, if I can keep my, my focus and my attention on the Lord, and if you need help, then get help. Get that priest next to you. Get Aaron and his brother or, or whatever to come and help you and hold up the arms, right? That's where we need the body. We need people to hold our arms up. But that doesn't mean I start a, you know, a... <laughs> It doesn't mean I start with the first attack that we start a, you know, a, a WhatsApp broadcast list about 
you know, every bit of opposition and this one said that and I really feel spiritual warfare. That's not what I mean because that's also not right. I mean, who's the one or two people that really prays with you, right? And it's going to stand there and not, it's not going to throw a pity party with you. Uh, it's not going to, you know, indulge your, um, <laughs> your, 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 your weirdness in the situation. But it's actually going to be able to either sympathize where it's necessary but then lift you, right, so that you can fix your gaze upon the Lord. We, we have too many people that goes, oh, shame, and yes, I understand. Yeah, it's really hard. There's place for that, but that's got to be about a minute, right? And then we need to go to, okay, but remember, this and this, and here's truth, and this is what God is doing, and don't you think this is what God wants to do in this? And remember what he's done in the past. What's the testimony? What's the story? Right? One of my biggest weapons in warfare is testimonies, personally. Right? We went through a hard time recently, actually, just with just, actually, just stuff going on in our work, and the virus and not being able to be there. And it's just, and I literally, I just sat and I went through all our testimonies. I, I, I take out a book and I just start reading testimony after testimony. I'm like, oh man, this is what he did. But by the time I'm finished, I'm so psyched. I'm ready to take on the world, man. I don't care what they're throwing at us. I'm just like, man, God has done this over and over. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to move. But, but that's the posture of our heart. It's arms lifted, gazing upon the Lord. And that's how we actually step into that place of spiritual warfare. And remember, uh, praise cannot sound like this. Oh, Jesus, I praise you right now. Doesn't look like it, but Lord, I am praising you. Right? That's, what is that? That's crazy, man. We can't do that. We just can't do that. That's not normal, right? I heard somebody every day say it so nicely. You've got to praise until you become praise. You've got to give thanks until you become thanks. Right? Thanksgiving, we, we can't be like, Lord, I thank you. You know, life is good. <laughs> it's like... Really? Who are you fooling? <laughs> it looks horrible on your side, man. But when I go, God, I thank you right now. You are awesome. You are amazing. Lord, I praise you for who you are. I glorify you this season, Father. You've given me life. Lord, I have shoes on my feet. I have a shirt on my, on, on my body, Lord. I had a wonderful meal today. Lord, I thank you today. Thank you that you're with me. Thank you that you release your angels around me, Lord. Thank you that you've commanded them around my life. Thank you that no weapon formed against me will, will prosper, Lord. I praise you and I thank you because you're real and you're true, Lord. I love you, Jesus, and I worship you. That's different, right? That's how you shift the atmosphere. And it's got nothing to do with what you feel. It's got everything to do with who he is. And then you become that thing that you're praising. You become that facet of the Lord that you're seeing in that moment. And praise starts rising up in your spirit. And that's how you get the victory, right? So that's what it's supposed to be. It's about feasting on the Lord's table. Psalm 23, verse 5. He sets the table before me, right? In the presence of my enemies. He doesn't remove your enemies. Just before that, he took you through the valley of shadow of death, right? <laughs> so it's, he's never said, I'm not taking you through stuff. You're not going to go through stuff. He's never said there's not going to be an enemy. He just said, they're going to be there, but you're still going to feast. I'm going to give you awesome food, and we're going to really annoy the enemy because you're going to have fun with me, and they're going to have to watch. <laughs> That's basically, you're going to feast, and I'm going to force them to watch while we just have great times of communion, right, and fellowship. You hear me? He's saying, listen, in the midst of the battle, David, whatever your name is, I want to have fellowship with you. <laughs> We're going to have communion, right? We're going to have a relationship. doesn't matter what's going on. And that's what protects you. That's the point. That's how you overcome. It's that in the middle and in the heat of the battle, 
we feast on the table of the Lord. And then Psalm 23, verse 6 in the Passion Translation, it says, I'm not afraid of the future. You know why? For surely goodness, mercy, and unfailing love will follow me all the days of my life. Isn't that awesome? It's like it's chasing you, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the loving kindness of God. It's trying to run you down. And you go, it's actually pushing you into your destiny. Right? And he says, listen, when the enemy comes, imagine we can learn this. <laughs> when the enemy comes, we can actually pull the table out and sit at the table and just say, Lord, this sucks, but I want to dine with you right now. I need that. Right? And that's what we do, praise, worship, all those things. It helps position us in that place. And we need to learn to step into that. The other thing I want to say is that warfare is little by little. I'm going to get to the angels right now. Relax, right? <laughs> so but warfare is little by little. And what I mean by that is Exodus 23, verse 29 to 30, where he says to them, where he says to the Israelites, I'm not going to give you the whole land at once, but I'm going to help you take it in little by little. Because otherwise this land is so vast, it's so big, it's going to be empty and the enemy is going to come in. It's going to take over, right? Remember, if you clean the house, what will happen? It comes back seven times stronger. All right? So you better be sure that what you conquer, that you can occupy. It's important. Right? Make sure that what you conquer and what you take on is a space that you can occupy. Otherwise, the resistance is just going to grow. I said it to lots of our guys in, in the villages when they come. And, you know, especially at first, I had this lady phone me one day, and um, so uh, it was a village about 45 minutes from us, Lunda, I think, basically, you guys, uh, I think you were with me. And uh, so this lady phone, she says, listen, sorry, this is my world, so I'm just going to share it as it is. Um, and she says, there's a mermaid um, on my property, and, and it's a big problem, you need to come. And you guys go, a mermaid? Yeah, it's actually a spirit, right? That's what we call a water spirit, it's a mermaid. Like little mermaids, cute story. I really like it, but, but, it, but those things are actually real. And um, anyway, so we so we go there, and, and I go to the lady, and and she's in like this occultic church thing. And I said to her, "Listen, but it's great. I can help you here, and and definitely we can because we can pray, and God's going to do it. You know, we're we're not afraid of that thing, and God's got absolute authority. But you need to decide which way you want to do this thing because what's going to happen is we're going to pray." Uh, the thing's going to go, and if you keep on doing your sacrifices and your witchcraft, it's going to come back seven times stronger, and then you've got a real problem. So are you sure you want to do this? You know, And um, that was kind of the principle that we, that we take with lots of the people. We say, listen, we can help you, but the problem is if I help you now and you're not real about God, this thing's going to get worse. You know, So maybe make your decision about it really smart. Because unoccupied territory, there is no such thing as unoccupied territory in the spirit. Something's going to take it. Something's going to occupy it. Absolutely. Whether that's going to be us or the enemy, that's going to be up to us. That's why it's so important that we get this, but it's little by little. You know, and sometimes we think, why, why, why can't I get the whole you know, slice of cake right now? The point is this, that you're not ready for it, right? I'm not ready for it. I'm not even ready to see probably five years from now everything that God wants to do because if I do, I'm probably going to screw it up. <laughs> you know, We're probably going to mess it up. So we go little by little because every battle is an opportunity of growth for me. Every battle is an opportunity for growing in the Lord for you. You learn something new. You learn the new level of authority. You gained access to new revelation that you didn't have. And that's actually what we need. He's more interested in that than just giving you the whole slice of cake immediately. Right? He actually wants you to step little by little into that thing and understand that it's his grace 
that withholds certain things, right? We often go, why is life not working out? No, it's actually grace that withholds certain breakthroughs in a season because if you get it too soon, it's going to get you, right? It's going to get you. He knows what you can handle. There's grace in the Lord. And we need to be able to wait for that and step into that little by little. Uh, sorry, I just lost my place in my notes. Uh, yeah. Are you guys okay? Is everybody alive? I'm not seeing enough faces. Man, we need to change that up. No? What faces? All right. Anyway. So are you guys alive? Just do something that I know you're alive. Yeah. Solomon's family raised their hand. Thank you, Solomon. <laughs> All right. Quickly see these scriptures. So that's where you're going to see how absolutely involved the angels are in warfare. The book of Daniel is great examples of that, right? So Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 to 13, verse 20 to 21, and 12, verse 1. I'm not going to read all of it, but you actually see where uh, it's this famous scripture where, where the angel Gabriel is finally released, and he actually comes to Daniel and he says to Daniel, you know, son, you know, Daniel, son of man, greatly loved and greatly favored by the Lord. Uh, isn't that amazing? And he goes, listen, the minute that you opened your mouth, we were dispatched out of heaven. That's so powerful prayer, isn't it? The minute that you spoke, you were dispatched out of heaven. But then I was held up for 21 days by the prince of Persia. Right? And you all know that's not the cartoon guy, right? That's a spiritual, that's a principality, that's a ruler, a power over an area. I was held up by the prince of Persia, but then the, the prince, the mighty warrior Michael came and he assisted me in this battle against the prince of Persia and I could finally get through after 21 days and here I am now and I'm going to give you the understanding of the vision and the dream you had. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? You see how awesome heaven is? It's phenomenal, right? And we are so thick sometimes, we just don't get it. And we go, why hasn't this happened or this happened, man? Gabriel might be fighting something somewhere and he's kind of waiting. They heard 21 days ago, but they're warring something to get to you, right? Or that's how we go sometimes with dreams. We're like, oh, it was just a dream. Man, <laughs> we have no idea what that angel actually had to go through to get the dream to you maybe. We have no clue what, what kind of a war he had to fight. And we go, no, oh, it's just a dream, just an angelic encounter. But that angel had to fight to get to you maybe, right? We, we have to wake up and value these things. There's a war going on. And it's super real and it's intense, right? And then, and then in, in Daniel 12, verse 1, it goes on and it's in verse 20. He's finishing all with. I'm just going to explain this because when I'm done, I'm going back and me and Michael, we're going to war against the prince of Persia again and then against the prince of Greece, right? So do you see how busy these boys are? Nothing. They're fighting mad wars and it's happening all around us and we, we're we're not even aware of it most of the time but it's actually actually happening right now right um it's crazy how spirit and god's actually just saying listen guys you're not alone the war going on so here also you see something about about michael which actually says that he's the prince over the people of israel right He's the prince, he's the ruler, he's the warrior angel warring over the protection of the people of Israel, right? And when I see Israel, I kind of, it's not always true, but, but most of the time that includes us, the church. I had an encounter with an angel, Michael, one time, and he said to me, my name is Michael, and I'm here, and I'm warring over the church, right? 
Isn't that something? Man, it was just awesome. And I went, oh boy, yeah, it's us. Yes, we have to take authority. Absolutely, don't think you don't have to. You absolutely need to step in that place because there's things we can do that they cannot do. But boy, we have help, right? We really have help. There's angelic help over our nation. There's angelic help over your city, right? And these angels start moving. And anyway, it's exciting, right? And that's why sometimes I, you know, you have to watch out for these things. But sometimes you'll see the strangest weather patterns. Like suddenly you'll just get the craziest winds that come into an area. Now, this for me was more in, when I still lived in Gauteng because I'm in the Eastern Cape. And it's just like there's a lot of wind. But there's but, but times when the wind blows, but you can feel this is, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a discernment that rises up in your heart. And you just go, this is different. I don't know if you've ever felt that. Or there's a, a thunderstorm that goes on, but it, it's there's some, because I like thunder, I like lightning, I like, you know, thunderstorms. I absolutely love it. Uh, lots of people freak out when I, when I see it. I'm just like super excited. I, I don't know. It's just pleasant memories to me. Um, you know, so I love it. And, but then there's times when those lightning storms are taking place, but there's a spiritual thing about it. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but there's a, it's very eerie sometimes, or it, it, it just feels strange, where usually to me it's just awesome. And you can feel, oh, man, this, this is like there's something shifting. And then, and then you realize that there's the stuff going on in the realm of the heavens, right? And there might be a war over your city. There might be a massive answer for something. There's been intercession, and on the dark side, there's been sacrifices made, and these two forces are actually, you know, colliding in the realm of the spirit, and it's bringing a, a manifestation in the natural, right? Isn't that amazing? And that, that's what's happening. That's what I believe happens a lot of times. There's stuff going on, and we have no clue what's happening, but this war is taking place, and we've got these incredible beings fighting, uh, you know, wars that God has given them to fight, but it's for the advancement of the kingdom. Right? It's so that we can step into stuff that we didn't know. And sometimes when we speak the word of the Lord, there's an activation that takes place around us because he commands them, he releases them as we speak his word. And he says, I'm hearing the word, I'm hearing my word in his mouth. Angels, I release you right now into that situation of warfare or intercession. Isn't that amazing? When his word rests in our mouth, he goes, listen, Gabriel, listen, Michael, listen. Whoever, go, right? I'm hearing the sound of whom my heart, I'm hearing it on earth, and I release you right now to step into that situation. That's the power of, of the angelic partnering with us. And if we can just get that, man, it, it's so awesome. You know, I was standing one time, and it's a, it's a simple story, but, and, and it's on a small scale maybe, but, but I want to tell it because this is how simple it is to me. Um, I was standing in 2015, we were still living in Pretoria, and um, we had a pastor, well, he's still part of our ministry, he's just in Zimbabwe now, Jairus, he's just an incredible guy, such a cool guy, and uh, he's, he's permit to be legally in South Africa expired. You were in the process of trying to apply for a new permit, but anyway, it was just a big disaster, so, but we were actually waiting to get feedback on the thing, so he was still in, in, in South Africa, and um, at that point in time, we were feeding uh, through the church uh, that we were part of. We were feeding the church that he was ministering, and it was like a, a, it was like more like a refugee camp in Pretoria. It was really bad circumstances. 
So we were feeding them, and this afternoon, you know, the church dropped all the crates, big, big crates full of food, and he dropped it next to the road, and I was supposed to preach uh, at his church that day. So, I, you know, and as I arrive, I see the, a police van just, and they're standing next to Jairus, and I'm going, oh, this is going to be not going to be good. And I'm standing there, and these guys are, are animate. They say, where's your permit? And I'm trying to explain to them, they don't want to hear it. And they basically say, well, then get into the van. We're going to deport you right now. I mean, Jairus' wife just gave birth. They were all there. So it was just a big mess. And I'm getting nervous because I'm thinking, how do we get them there? Furniture, you know, the whole thing. It's just, you don't want that. And it's just a bad situation. And as I'm standing, I'm just praying in my spirit. And, I, you know, I'm just going, God, please do something. Please do something. And the next I promised you, like, right between Jairus and the police officers, a little whirlwind, a dust whirlwind goes up. Like literally, it just, just I don't know if he's on here. I actually think he was there that, that day as well. Like literally, we're standing and talking. There's no wind, nothing on. It's just a normal Pretoria day. And the next minute, like this whirlwind, and just goes up. And the police officer literally steps back. Like they were on their way, but they just stayed back and they go, okay, just get your stuff in order and, and please make sure we get this sorted out. Leave. I'm like, what in the world was that, right? When it happened, I felt my heart because on, on my angels' wings and my ministers like fire, right? So this wind just comes up and I'm going, oh man, the presence, everything changes. And suddenly I just release this thing. You know, it's, it's amazing. I, I have story upon story where I stood in situations where I was terrified. Um, I was in India one time and uh, the guy came to get me to preach, I think, at the clock at night. I get a message every now and again that it's bad. Can you guys still hear me? Maybe send a message if it's too bad, then I can try to make an alternative plan, or is it? Or can you guys still stay on here? Are we doing all right? Okay. All right. Okay, I'm going to carry on. I hope, I hope it works. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I was standing in India one time, same thing. I'm about to go and preach, and basically the guys tell me, listen, I cannot guarantee your safety, and if we are there after 10 o'clock at night, it's going to get really, really bad, and that's 9 o'clock when we have to drive. And I just... I'm terrified, right, because they didn't prepare me for it. So I just say, well, just wait a minute, quickly go into my room. And I just start praying, and I'm just like, Lord, um, this really sucks. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is bad, and, and please help. Just give me calm. I'm not afraid to go, but I just need to know you're with me. And the same, I was just praying, and the next minute, this angel shows up in my room. But, like, literally, the, you know, his legs, where the roof starts, that's, that's where his legs just ended. So I mean, this is a massive being, just meters high, just standing in the room. And it's like the Lord just said to me, I'm with you, don't worry, I, we, we've got your back. And then I walked out of there so full of confidence, just knowing that, that God is with me. You know, we had, a, we had a guy with a paralyzed arm get healed that night. Like everybody at the meeting almost got born. It was just a powerful night and nothing happened. And, and I know, it, again, it's that moment where we just engage God and just be honest with him. And we, we don't retract 
we step into the battle and suddenly he activates the heaven around us and the angelic comes in. So just know that, that the angels are fighting. These things are there. We can discern them actually in nature. Um, like I said, they're organized. We've spoken about that a little bit. And, and as I go on, we're going to get into that as well. I just want to mention one more thing. To me, it's pretty interesting. Um, when it comes to spiritual warfare and all of this stuff, just understand, it's interesting for me to see that actually I have boundaries. There's angelic boundaries set in place. And, and where I find that is in Jude chapter 6. It says, in the same way, there were heavenly messengers in rebellion who went outside their rightful domain of authority and abandoned their appointed realms, right? So I want you to see that, that there's mention made that angels actually have realms and, and boundaries and there's domains that they can function in. And, and why I want you to see is, is they really are organized. So not all angels can do all things. There's boundaries. And it's not a limitation. It's, it's organization on, on the side of God. There's realms and places and possibilities. And it's important that, that we take note of that. And why I think we need to take note of that is I want to ask you a question. Just think about it. If they have boundaries or limitations of what they can fight and what they cannot fight, don't you think it might be the same for us? <laughs> be boundaries around what you're supposed to take on in the spirit and why i mention this is i think a lot of time people get beatings in spiritual warfare uh, because they took they take on things that they're not authorized to take on Sense? Yes, we, yes, all authority has been given to him. Yes, we're sons of God and we're in the highest royal authority over everything. But you understand there's some battles that is not yours to fight yet, or it's just not yours to fight. There's even apostolic boundaries. Paul writes and he says, I didn't go into Peter's territory, right? Because so, he said, it's just not my thing. I want new souls. So there's boundaries. There's, there's places. You are set in a certain place for a certain reason. You have certain to fight for a certain reason and some things you're not to take on that's why sometimes we kind of go yeah we're going to do spiritual warfare or we're going to take on this principality or that power or whatever and, and i always go i'm like okay first of all are you sure that you're authorized to do that right and 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 then there are people that's authorized to do it but maybe it's one or two and then everybody joins in on that thing and, and you kind of go man I, you should listen if this is your battle right and i, I don't mean that I don't want to say this because I'm trying to, to limit your authority and your boldness. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to say that some battles is not yours, right? Some battles is not yours to fight, just like some battles is not mine to fight, right? For me to come and take on the principality over Zimbabwe, I don't even live in Zimbabwe. You understand? It doesn't really make sense. For me to take on the principality on this side, yeah, that could make sense, but I... But even that, it's, it's weird. You don't look for the fight. The fight looks for you. And even then, you need to decide if you're going to engage or not. You understand? And sometimes I think we're overzealous in this stuff and we get hurt. And this is personal experience, by the way. I, I was in a nation one time with a group of people. And um, arrogance can be, uh, I, I don't really know what got into me. And I took on this principality. And boy, I have to tell you, the next year in our life, year and a half in our life, was a disaster. Like, no jokes. My family almost fell apart. Our finances, everything crumbled. Everything crumbled. 
until one day God started speaking to me and saying, listen, you're way arrogant. I didn't commission you to take that thing on, right? And I actually had to repent about it. And when we did, things started turning, right? But we were just zealous and stuff. And we were just, man, we're going to take this thing on and that thing on. And I'm like, I realized I didn't have the authority to do it. It wasn't my battle to fight. I was out of line in my whole approach where if you read Jude, you'll even see how, how there's this order between Michael and, and the, the demons, the fallen angels, and how it says that we, we don't even get to speak to each other in this way. We don't even get to speak the evil word to each other. It's not the protocol of heaven. That's phenomenal, right? It's just in the book of Jude, you can go and read yourself and we're a fire body of Moses. And we're like, not if Michael cursed, that angelic print, that demonic principality, he didn't. He said that, that wasn't allowed because there's protocol, right? And sometimes I think we're oblivious of these things and we just go in and we hear people's lives start falling apart and we don't understand why. We go, yeah, but, you know, the blood of Jesus and all of that. Of course the blood speaks a better word. Of course the name of Jesus is the name above every name. But did you act on the command of the Lord? Psalm 103, verse 20 and 21. Did you act? on his commissioning, or was it a good idea? Because it was on his commissioning, then yeah, then you're powerful because then the angels will be released and backing will be there and all those things will be there. But if it was just a good idea, then you've stepped out of line and you've made yourself a target, right? So that's why I say we need to watch out for these things because sometimes we just go in and people actually really get hurt. You know, it really messes with your life. And we need to be wise in this stuff, you know? It's like people say, yeah, but they with the principality over whatever, India. I'm like, dude, it's like, <laughs> I hear you and, and maybe there's something wrong with me, but uh, what, if, what authorizes you to do that? You're like, no, but I feel I have a word of the Lord. I'm like, okay, great. That makes a lot of sense. But, but that's awesome. But how do you actually get a principality out of the area? So my, my opinion is I, you don't cast it out. Principalities aren't cast out. It's not a demon. It's a fallen angel. A principality is in place over a region because the people allow it to be in place. Region. There's worship of some kind towards that principality that enforces it over that region. The way you drive or you displace a principality is by seeing the hearts of the people change towards the gospel. And as the power of their worship breaks towards that being, it actually displaces it, and the angelic principality starts taking over in that realm. So, so we go, yeah, we're just going to handle the, the queen of heaven real quick, or this spirit or that spirit. I'm like, I don't know. It's awesome. Uh, it's great. But I just don't think that's the way it works, right? It's not a spirit that you cast out. It's a spirit that you displace. And how you displace it, first of all, God needs to commission you, right? Firstly, and then the hearts of the people need to change into worship to the Lord. And that's how you break the power of a principality over a region. Think of Paul, the whole book of Ephesus, but you read in, uh, I think it's uh, Acts 19, where Diana, Artemis, uh, was the principality over that area. It was in that, that whole, the whole Ephesus was, was cast under this, this spell, if you want to call it that, of the occult with this deity called Diana or Artemis, right? And then revival broke out in that area. Remember the story? They actually started bringing their witchcraft books and their 
you know, paraphernalia and all that stuff. They brought it to the city square and they started burning it. And a massive revival broke out in Ephesus. And when the revival broke out, that thing lost its power. And the, the attack on Paul was tremendous. Remember, he was brought into that whole place where the whole city was there. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to stone him. And then absolute chaos broke out of that city, so much so that Paul had to flee. They had to pull him out of there. He wanted to go in, and they said, please, please, stay out. just go, Paul. The Christians, they just wanted to protect him. But what happened is Paul shook the spiritual atmosphere. How did he do it? People's lives got changed. Revival broke out. And then he writes the book of Ephesus. And how many verses on spiritual warfare is in the book of Ephesus? Of four. Chapter 6, verse 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, right? So if he ever wanted to go into full-on warfare and this thing, all he says, hey, put on the armor of God, get your faith on, get your helmet of salvation on, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, sandals of readiness, you know, sword of the Spirit, which is the Word, and pray in tongues, right? And whatever you do, just stand, <laughs> right? He didn't go into like, this thing on and do it like this and do it like that. But he was just posture yourself in the right place. Stand, Lord. People do the command of the Lord and know that the angelic is working. Michael, whoever, what archangel or cherubim or principality or power, heaven principality or power is working right now. He's fighting over this battle with you. You just do what the Lord commanded you to do. I don't see Paul taking on that, the, that principality. But what he did is he taught the pe people the word of the Lord. The extraordinary miracle signs and wonders broke out. And the power of that thing broke because people turned. Does that make sense to you guys? It's just an idea about just make sure you take on what you're supposed to take on. And take it on in the right way. Um, you know, we, I told this story over and over, but in, in the trans guy, I mean, Listen, we, we are surrounded with witchcraft. We are surrounded with some gormas. I mean, it's nonstop. I've been, um, uh, I mean, I woke up one time with a snake, with the mark of a snake bite on my heels. <laughs> you know, I woke up in the middle of the night. With, you know, so it's just crazy stuff that happens around there sometimes. Uh, you, you know, some of the stuff that the children, not our children, the village children go through. I mean, it's, it's, it's blood drinking. It's, it's, it's gross, you know, so there's a bunch of things going on in the area, right? And what we've decided to do is this one, and, and the weird thing is I don't even see a lot in the Transca. I don't know why. I see more when I'm traveling around than what I do in the Transca, and I figured this thing out as a family. And God is just protecting us by not seeing too much. Because probably we'll freak out or something, run away. I, I don't know. But we don't see that much in the Spirit. But what we've decided to do is praise and worship and lift the name of the Lord. Because what happens? Angels are being released when we do that. The fire of God is being released as we do that. We have so many testimonies of children having dreams about fire around our base and our witches are trying to fly in and astrogate in, but cannot because the fire of God is there. And we didn't take on witch, we didn't bind. Uh, well, we might have bound something once or twice, but what we've done is we've released heaven. You understand? We've just released heaven. So I've seen the angels on, on the base. I know some of the angels on the base. I know what's right there in that place. So heaven has come into the place, and heaven is taking a stand, and that's what we stand in, in heaven's stands, right? We're standing in the position that God gives us as sons 
in the presence. So I'm not trying to bind the principality, but I'm standing in the goodness of God. And I'm starting to take dominion out of that place little by little as we keep lifting the name of the Lord every day when we're there. And even when we're not there, we raise his name. And that to me is spiritual warfare. That's Moses standing on the mountain, arms lifted up. And as long as the arms are up, Joshua is winning the fight, right? But the minute the arms goes down, Joshua is losing the fight. And we need to get that, that Jesus is fighting the fight for us constantly. We need to keep our hands raised. We need to keep our hands raised. And then the angelic and all of those things can start coming in. I want to add one more thing here. It's an interesting verse, but I found it a, a, you know, a year or two ago. I just looked at this topic. And it's interesting because also what I see is that our uh, our obedience can activate the angelic. Our disobedience can actually limit it, right? can actually stop them from doing what they're supposed to do. So... Um, the verse that I want you guys to look at is in Genesis 19, verse 21 to 22. It's the story of Lot, the whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing, which is a story, isn't it? <laughs> you know, um, these angels come in and they come and visit Lot. I mean, the city is so defiled that the men actually want to have, you know, sexual relations with these angelic situation right it's, it's just a horror show and god actually wants to work out the whole place the faith came through abram's intercession by the way so abram's intercession you know people will you save the city for lord 50 well what about five remember abram's whole conversation with god that was actually intercession and that released the angelic right so these two angels show up at lot's house and they go listen um uh, we're here to destroy the city so that's pretty. We're here to kill everything, which is a little bit hard, right? It's not what we want to hear. But that's basically, again, you have to see in the spirit. We're in a new covenant setting, so it's different, but it's the spirit war that you need to see. And then the whole story goes on. It's this conversation, you know, forth, back and forth. And verse 21, it says, And the angel said to him, to Lot, Behold, I grant you this request also. I will not destroy this town of which you have spoken, right? So Lot said, please don't, don't destroy the town next door because I want to go there. But then the angel says to him, hurry and take refuge there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. For this reason, the town was named Zoar. So I want you to understand that these angels come assignment, and now Lot is kind of in the way. He's not, you know, getting off the program, not doing what he's supposed to do. And at some point, the angels go, dude, just... Please, it's okay. Go to that city, but just please go quick. We have a job to do and we cannot do it because you're standing in the way, right? So I want you to see something that we can actually hinder stuff as well. When we, we're disobedient, we're acting the way, we're not obeying the word of the Lord, and we actually hinder that activity on us as well. We don't want to be those people. We want to be ones that actually step into greater grace. When it comes to the spirit things that I, I want you guys to just maybe think of. Um, it, it, it's simple. Spiritual warfare is about my worship, my posture to the Lord. And as I keep that, the angelic will be released around my life. And I'll see increase in that. And I'll see a greater breakthrough in that. And sometimes you don't see it, but it really is encouraging when I start seeing it, right? When I actually start stepping into that a little bit and you start realizing there's activity around my life, yeah? So you're not in the fight. And they're actually fighting and 
power over your life. You know, I believe whereas angels have fights over your marriage, over the covenant that you've made with marriage, there's actually angels appointed by the Lord to watch over that, right? There's angels appointed to watch over your family, over your ministry, over your business, over, you know, there's, there's so much activity going on and there's so much help. And the reason why I'm talking about this is simply just to know that sometimes we feel we're alone. We have to fight this thing alone. But we can actually release the angels in warfare by releasing the word of the Lord, you know. And that's the awesome part about it is when we when we a little bit where it's always us having to do this thing. And, man, I have to... Um, you know, labor this thing out in prayer and striving and fighting and, you know, spiritual warfare and, and all of that stuff. And there's place for that. Don't get me wrong. But if I actually get that the best thing I can do is actually to hear what God is saying over this situation, release that word and understand because it's his word, the angelic is being released. So I release the angelic into that being, these warrior angels, these spiritual warfare angels, deliverance angels that you start releasing circumstances because you're listening to what the Lord is doing, right? Simply because you're you're living out of that place and it's not assumption and we're just not running in and going into life, um, you know, with eyes wide shut basically, but we actually wake up to that reality that there's a partnership looking to take place, you know, waiting to, to help us in, in this season. So spiritual warfare, once again, it's about us sitting and understanding that we, we release heaven on earth. Remember Matthew 16, 19. Whatever you bind uh, in heaven will be bound on the earth. Whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on the earth. So we bind heaven or we lose heaven. Interesting, it didn't say anything about hell. He's saying you bind heaven, you don't allow things to come or you allow things to come. So the focus is heaven, right? And as you release earth, that's actually warfare. That's your warfare. That's prayer. That's spiritual warfare is simply understanding that and taking, backing that word by faith. And what I mean is not moving when God spoke, not moving from that word. And you keep on releasing that word because as you release it, what happens? The angelic comes in. It swoops in over that word because the angels are powerful to do what he commanded them to do. Right? And if we can get that and we can shift gears with our well, warfare and it's warfare is sitting with the lord sitting at the table of the lord dining with him psalm 23 5 and actually listening to what he says and then i release his word out of my mouth it act activates the angels it actually activates that spiritual warfare without me having to go into 24 hours of warfare but i'm actually just releasing what he's saying and that warfare is being fought over my life over that region, over that area, right? Does it make sense, guys? I hope it's helping you a little bit. I, 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 it might not be a lot of new stuff to you, just a bit of a refresher, but it's good to listen to this and just get, get a reminder and, and just see that, that there's so much help, right? Remember, Jesus said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given unto me. So all authority has been given unto him, and then he says, go. So he basically passes the baton to us, so we are the gatekeepers of what's into the earth and what doesn't. Right? We actually get to do that. And it's the same with a virus like we're facing and everything happening. And, you know, uh, Cape Town is in a certain place. Gauteng is in a certain place. The Transkai, Eastern Cape is, is a mess with the virus at the moment, to be quite honest with you. 
And we really need people that's going to be standing up and release heaven over the, the virus, over you know the stuff in government and stuff going on all over our nation. But we need people to hear the word of the Lord and speak that, and angels will be released into the circumstances. But it comes back to hearing what he says, releasing his word, and understanding that there's an angelic release taking place. You know, that's why it's important that we prophesy. It's important that we speak the word of the Lord. It's important that we activate that realm out of revelation. It's so important that we do that stuff. It's important that we sit with the Lord and we speak. And why I'm saying this stuff is because our words matter. It's weighty stuff. It's not just, it's not just words. It's not just, we're not, we're not just throwing stuff out there, but we need to listen. Because what if your words creates, you know, the result on earth that God has planned in heaven? But our partnership is what activates it because the authority is us. We can actually release that, right? You know, sometimes we go, but I know, why should I prophesy? That guy already prophesied or that guy already spoke it. You should prophesy because you're activating something, right? It's great that Sean Balds did something and, you know, it's great that the big prophets has done something, but they release something which is awesome. But you also have a word of the Lord in your mouth. And even if it's the same word, but you got it before, you know, before you heard his word, the fact that you release that also releases something in the spirit. And it releases a shift when it comes to spiritual warfare. You know, sometimes we just, I'm not going to say it. You have to say it. You have to say it. You know, um, I released the word, uh, I don't know, somewhere in May about, you know, the spirit of justice and burning. And then, um, Again, you know, there's so many prophetic words going on. And so, you know, I, oh, man, why, why another word? But, but I feel like God says, just release the word. So I did. And what's crazy, part of it is I saw government officials and high-profile guys are going to be arrested. Um, I mean, we all know that the VBA's bank guys have been arrested now, right? There's been a lot of arrests being made. A lot of stuff has started to be exposed. Now, lots of people have been saying that and saying so it's not, you know, something that, that I did or they did. But it's us who did something. We did something in the spirit. And we need to speak those words. You need to activate it over your life, right? Because angels are waiting for you to do it. Because they're waiting for the word of the Lord out of our mouths, right? So I just want to encourage you guys to not, not be feeble. Don't be weak when it comes to what he's given you. And speak it, right? Speak it, repeat it, the testimony, the promise, the prophecy over your life. Speak that thing because you're creating the atmosphere for heaven to really invade that space, the words that you need, because you're creating a world, right? That's why uh, Hebrews 1, verse uh, 5, 6, that God framed the world by faith. He framed it by his word. So you, you shape the world that you want to live in through the words that you speak. As you speak his words, those things start coming into place and it starts moving. So, guys, I want to encourage you to, to really get into the Spirit of the Lord, get into promises over your life, and with believe that you are not only speaking over your life, but you're actually shifting things in the atmosphere for those around you as well. Because the more of heaven comes in, the greater the breakthrough, the greater the victory is going to be. So I want us to wake up a little bit about that thing, that the focus is God, not the demon. I don't mind if you bind the demon, of course. I mean, we've bound stuff, of course we have. But it's never like bind everything and that's the way we go. We 
Jesus. And as we do it, man, these powerful beings are partnering around our life and things and changing and turning, right? That's, that's the way it should be. And this is out of the rest of the Lord, out of heavenly places that I'm doing these things. And I wake up and realize, like that servant, that man, those who are with me, and remember the enemy, he's a tool in God's hand, man. And I'm not saying God rejoices at suffering and death and destruction. Not at all. That's not what I'm trying to say with that statement. I'm just saying that he is really not a very powerful being compared to the God that we serve. And in a minute, God could take him out. But there's a reason why story that needs to unfold so that will go to him. And maximum glory will go to Jesus for the sacrifice that he made, the power and authority of the right that's going to rise up. Right? That's the purpose. He wants us to wake up and start rising up in the season and see who we really are. Man, I, I want to do more, but it's, it, it, time just flies on this stuff. So I haven't even touched on all the stuff I wanted. And I'm not trying to kill you with preaching. But I just want to encourage you with that tonight. Just a, just a taste or maybe just about the angels because I want you to just kind of become aware. Listen, almost about an angel. You just don't know it, right? I don't know how many of you have stood in a room and you've closed your eyes and suddenly you just saw this flash of light go by. Have you ever had that in a worship context? Or you stood in a room with worship and you go and it's like something brushes your shoulder and you kind of look around, but nobody moved around you. You had that. I had it so many times. Always you kind of think, man, am I going to? Guys, that's, that's the angelic. That you, you've bumped into an angel, right? That flash of light, they are fire, they are lights. They look like lightning sometimes. That's just, that, that's the angelic. I'll sometimes sit and talk to people, and there will just be a light flashing right next to us. And I, I'll, you know, as you've been around me, you will know. I'll kind of just go sometimes and just start looking at this thing and start seeing. But that's actually the angelic around your life. It's as simple as that sometimes. We just don't get it, but there are winds and there are spirits. Like I said, the story with Jairus with the wind. I'll stand in, in ministry lines. Sometimes the next minute I'll pray, and I'll just feel a wind go quickly. I'm like, what? where did that come from? Now, if it's physical or not, I don't know, but I felt the wind. And then suddenly you realize there's an angel there, right? An angel just walked into the room, right? Or you smell something. You, you, you can smell lightning or fire in the room. It's like... You just, I don't know how to describe it. You just smell it. That's angels, right? So I want to get into that stuff with you guys as well. But I'm saying it this week, even as, we, as you take on this week, just kind of keep that in mind, especially with what we're talking about, spiritual warfare. And I can see just in the week past how there's been an increase in the angelic um, around my life. There's definitely been shifts just talking about this stuff again. And I know it's going to be the same for you, even on the topic of warfare. So just... You know, just keep going for it. Release those prayers, but start opening your eyes. Ask the Lord for discernment, right? The gift of the discerning of spirits. It's got a lot to do with seeing the angels, right? It's not just demons. It's, it, you know, it's seeing angels as well. So I want you guys to, to just open up to that a little bit. Um, you know, don't think you're crazy when you feel something that doesn't make sense. Uh, that's the angelic. And I, you know, we, we went through seasons and I'll wake up at night and it sounds like footsteps in my house. We're just running through the house. We're getting freaked out completely. And the Lord told me it's angels. It's okay. Just relax. Like, okay. It was kind of weird the first time, but now I enjoy the footsteps, right? It's, I know they're, they're here. 
right? So I want you guys to really just open up that sense as well. And the Lord, just, you know, keep on releasing more of that over my life. The last thing I want to do before, before we pray is just, just want to quickly just do this as well as you're going to start engaging more of the angelic. There's a couple of lies about the stuff that we've believed for so long. But the one is actually that we're not allowed to speak to angels. That thing has been taught over and over in the church for years. And, and you know, I just want to say something. That is just crazy to teach that. I'm sorry, but it is. Because that means that, that, you know, Paul shouldn't be in the Bible. Zechariah, Daniel, Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel, John the Apostle, uh, Peter, the little slave girl or the servant girl in, in Acts chapter 12, uh, Cornelius, uh, Jesus, obviously, because angels ministered to him. I'm sure he spoke to them because I think it's kind of rude not talking to them and very helping you out. You know? So then the almost like you know, 34 books of the Bible, I think, needs to be removed because people spoke to angels. You understand? So I want to say that's absolutely crazy. You know, and... I understand why we said it. It might have people might have thought it's maybe because they just wanted us to get the focus on the right place, which of course it should be. But hey, there's nothing that says you're not allowed to speak to angels. You're not allowed to worship angels, obviously. You know that would be stupid. But by the way, an angel that wants your worship is a fallen angel. Okay. So if any angel allows you to worship him, he's fallen, right? Because if you look at the book of Revelation, there's a couple of times where John just fell down before the angel because he carried so much glory and he would just fall down and the angel would look at him and he's like, please, please stop that. Get up, get up. We worship Jesus. We're not, you know, I'm just here. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. Please don't, don't do that. So just, you know, there, there's some of these ideas that we have that, that, you know, angels want our worship. They don't. They don't. It's fallen angels that want your worship, Right. It's, it's the fallen side that actually would, would allow that. It's not, it's not the angel wants that, right? And, and without communicating with angels, it is allowed, right? It is allowed. And I'm not saying get all weird and speak to your angel more when you speak to Jesus. That would be bizarre and absolutely not what I'm saying. But, of course, there's communication. Of course, there's interaction all throughout the Bible. You know, there was interaction, and then Jesus was born because Gabriel appeared to Mary, right? An angel appeared to Joseph to warn him. So with, without angels, history would have been a lot different. They are incredibly significant in the course of forming and shaping the history of the kingdom throughout the ages from Genesis to Revelation. So of course you're going to talk to them. Of course there's going to be interaction. Otherwise you're going to miss the point. Imagine Gabriel came to Daniel and Daniel's like, I'm not allowed to talk to you. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel's like, Sent by God to release the revelation, dude. It's like, nope, not allowed to talk to you. Sorry. You know, wrong. It's not the way it works. You know, you need to discern if this angel is for, for you or against you. That's what you need to do. And interaction is allowed, right? It's not weird about it. That's just kind of normal if you look at the Bible. So that's just something I want to leave right there at the end because I want you guys to, I'm going to pray that as well, but I want you guys to try actually engage that a little bit more this week just by being aware and just opening your spiritual eyes more and just see what starts happening, okay? Can I pray for you guys? All right, so um, I'm just going to release this prayer over you. And I, and I really feel that some of you are in the midst of warfare. Some of you are in the midst, we, as a nation we are, but some individuals are really facing some big battles at this point in time. And I, I just want to encourage you tonight with this, just to really give the word of the Lord and I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to pray that God will release his angels over that situation. And you can do the same. We don't command these angels, but we 
get his word in our mouth and that commands him, right? So just close your eyes and whatever you're going through, I just want to pray into this a little bit. So Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, thank you for the help and the assistance of heaven in everything that we're doing, Lord. Thank you that you never left us. Thank you for the angelic realm and they are here to minister, serve us. Thank you that you've given your angels command over our lives, surrounding our lives, to guard us, to keep us, to protect us, Lord. Sure, can you guys feel that move in right now? So Lord, we honor you. We honor the realm of the angelic. Thank you for these beings that you made to help us. And again, we want to say what David said, who is man that you are mindful of us? <laughs> that you would even allow this, Lord, this pressure. How awesome are you, Lord? How great is your love for us, Lord? So we honor the angelic. We honor your servants that you've made to advance your kingdom with us in partnership with us. Lord, and I pray, even as we're sitting tonight, and as people are facing battles, Father, I pray that your word will fall in their mouths, that word that will unleash that will unleash a war out of heaven on the enemy like the enemy's never seen, God. That the enemy will flee in every direction, Lord. That the enemy will be so intimidated, so frightened, Lord, because of what heaven is going to unleash on them. So, Lord, let that word drop in our spirits, Lord. Stuff, business stuff, financial stuff. And I see some of you guys in, in like a gridlock thing. Uh, you're like in a gridlock situation with your business. Uh, I don't know if it's transactions or deals that's not coming through, but I really feel how God wants to actually just release um, the angelic over that right now, like business stuff that needs to be loosed, uh, things that's just bound up. So, Lord, thank you that, that I can just speak that word right now to say release the name of Jesus, release in Jesus. Release your angelic around us right now in the name of Jesus. Just break that gridlock, break that, that, that lockdown that you kind of see in that, those circumstances. Let it just open up in Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray for angelic release over health. Let there be a release over people's health in this season. Let healing come. Even as some of you are sitting right now with sickness in your bodies, God, I pray, just release your angels, just healing angels right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for healing angels to be released into our hospitals right now. And it doesn't matter where we're sitting, Lord. The hospitals near us, Father, your testimonies tonight of people that go healed, they don't know why. Just healing is taking place in places because the angels of the Lord is being released. So Lord, just release that realm. Man, I can feel this. Just release, release in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord, Zitulele Hospital, Lord. We, we bless that right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for prayer hospitals in East London, Cape Town, Coxstad, uh, Pretoria, um, you know, wherever, Lord, I pray for that release. Polokwane, Lord, let it release in the name of Jesus, a wave of healing, 
a wave of healing. Father, I pray even for, for over our nation, Lord. Thank you for the angelic principalities over our nation. Let it shift. Let it shift, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Release that lightning of your angels, those lightning swords out of heaven, Lord. Let it release in the name of Jesus. Father, I even pray for a sign in the heavens. And it's not the time for it, Lord, but that lightning will be will be seen over our nation in this season, Lord, as a sign, Lord, that there is a shift taking place over our nation. Lord, that principalities are being taken on, Lord, that things are shaping over us, Lord, in a way we've never seen before. Just release your lightnings, Lord. Release the glory of heaven. Release breakthrough, Lord, over our in the name of Jesus. I ask for that grace. Thank you, Lord. And there's some of you I want to declare Isaiah 40, verse 2, where it says, Comfort, comfort. Well, Cry out to them, say to Jerusalem that your days of warfare has ended. Your days of warfare and has come to an end. And I want to say that there is a way of warfare that has come to an end to certain of you in this season. And there is a new way of warfare that God's releasing. He's showing you strategy and it's going to be out of the rest and it's going to be the authority and the glory of the angelic partnering with what you're doing in this season like never before. So, Lord, I break that warfare, tiring warfare thing that sits on some people in this place that is not out of your heart. And we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And we release the glory, the freedom, the praise, and the joy of the Lord as we listen and release. Listen and release in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I feel there's someone, you're struggling with something in your digestive system. I don't know exactly what it is, if it's like your stomach or kidneys, or, or but you just could even be like an acid, um, acidity, acid burn thing. But I feel that even as I'm, I'm praying that you're going to start feeling like a vibration on your, on your stomach and your diaphragm. It's like there's an angel that God is just releasing over you right now to touch that. Thank you, Jesus. Just release in the name of Jesus. Right now, now. Woo. You should feel that right now, I think. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. I, I like to take your cough issue. I don't know if that makes sense. And I feel like you're going to feel tremendous fire suddenly on that place. It's just going to heat up. It's going to heat up quickly now. In Jesus' name. God, thank you that you release something. Release something new right now in that, Lord. A new rotator cuff just replace. Let your glory just fall on that. In the name of Jesus. Now. Oof, now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank you, Joe, Lord. Is, is there anybody who's got like metal, you've got metal in your body, screws or stuff like that? If you have, just 
somehow, I don't know, show me if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just give me a thumbs up or, uh, or a message. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to pray for you anyway because I feel it. So, Father, whoever that might be, who have made opens, uh, you know, in her body, I just, I just speak life right now. In the name of Jesus, please be angelic around that too. Jesus' name, just go, 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 go. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, guys, I, I can keep going. I, I'm going to release one more thing. I, I, I keep feeling like there is anointing oil that, that God is pouring out over people. Uh, I, I, I literally, I see this angel, I feel it where I'm at as well. It's like he stands and he, and he pours out oil all over your head. I feel like God is saying there's a need. That a new anointing for a new season uh, that God is releasing. And this oil has got the sweet, sweet fragrance. It's like a perfume uh, that I smell in the spirit and it's almost like that oil that the lady broke at the feet of jesus and it's filling the atmosphere and it's going to bring it's going to bring high ranking people around you it's going to shift their focus to the lord because her, her perfume filled the whole room and the pharisees and the important people everybody became aware of her sacrifice and everybody became aware of the fear that Jesus gave to that lady. That lift. It's like the Lord saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift you up. He's going to put you on a high place. Exalt. You remember James 4, verse uh, 7, 8, 9, 10. It says that humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Right. And I feel that this oil has got to do with this. There's, God is going to exalt some of you. In circumstances around people that might have pushed you down, might have might have you know worked down on your life, spoken down on you, just negativity, and God's actually exalting you in this season. So Lord, I thank you for that oil that's being poured out over people right now. In the name of Jesus, just let it flow from your head, from their heads to their toes right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I feel like some of you are actually going to feel it, like you're going to feel it on your hands. Thank you, Lord. It's the oil of breakthrough. It's the oil of breakthrough, even over skin conditions. I just speak that. Sure. Thank you, Jesus. Sure. Just wait a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Man, I just keep seeing these warrior angels coming. Two massive ones just walking in, ready for battle. So, Lord, I pray that you just, Lord, I pray that, that I see these warriors come in, Lord. I see that they're like captains and there's soldiers around soldiers. And, Father, I pray that, that what I feel you want to do is just release them into the hot spots in South Africa right now. Just release them into hot spots in South Africa right now. Just go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just move. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Amen. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.